Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Mike Max sitting in 3 to 5.30. Then the Twins take over center stage in Toronto. Speaking of center stage, joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline, Pam McNeil. She is an unbelievable artist of music, performs at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater with her concert series and Releasing her first CD and got all kinds of fun things going in her life. She joins us now. Pam, thank you for joining us. So good to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, what's the process like of putting together uh, your, your, your own your own album, your own CD, your own hits? Um, well, you know, it starts with, of course, the songs. And for me, uh, this particular album I, I wrote during lockdown like a lot of people did. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and uh and it started there and and, he, and you, as you start to write you sort of certain certain songs start to like have a thread that runs through them. You go, I think this could make a nice album. And so uh then it's you know deciding you know where you're going to re- record it and who you're going to get to play and all that kind of thing. So it's a it's a lot of stuff, but it's really exciting and it's it's great to be creative and it's great to collaborate with people and and uh and you know you, you know even if you imagine how it's going to be the way it turns out is always, you know, even more special than you think it's going to be. So it's it's really a wonderful, wonderful process. I, I, I see this, you know, people in a studio recording, you know, you every now and then you'll see video or somebody's doing a story on a band and then they're, they're recording a, a studio doing it. How, how long does it take you to record a song, two songs? I mean, is it a one day for three songs? What, what is that like? Well, you know, that really depends. So, like, I've done quite a bit in Nashville, too. And when I go to Nashville... The players there, you know, they're they're just the most world class, you know, players. I mean, and they're fast, <laughs> and ah. so you can literally you literally do a song that sounds like it's going to be on the radio in like a half hour. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's cool. It's really a fun process, but it's it's very streamlined because they know what they're going for. You know, yeah. in this particular instance, I had four days in a studio with a core group of musicians, and we sat and played everything live and just kind of fleshed out the arrangements, kind of old school, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun, such a joy. You went to Nashville and cut a, a video as well. And I, I happened to see the, the trailer on it. And it was uh, really something. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what studio you were at, but that, that was pretty, that, that was pretty uh, uh, glitz and glam. And, and, and it was uh, impressive. It, what, 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 explain what you did there and what that was about and where people would find that. So we have, I have a new video. It hasn't come out yet. It's called Hollywood Rain, one of the singles for my new album. And um, we just were there last week in Nashville um, re- re- kind of shooting this video at this new studio called v- VU 
um, technologies, VU technologies. And what it is, there's one in Tampa, one in Nashville, one in Las Vegas, and I think one in maybe LA or something. But it's this huge soundstage place with 20 foot LED screens that go around this whole room. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. And, and, they, and it's just really high resolution, beautiful graphics. And so we had this whole thing put together. It was quite the production, probably the biggest thing I've ever tried to accomplish and a great team. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to share it. It's a, it's going to be something. It's, um, it's, I think it's going to be really beautiful. So it I was mean, really fun. I mean, do you choreograph it or do you just tell them, here's what I want to sing. You guys come up with the, the, the visuals that will look good. How do you put that together? That's a great question. Um, so I, particularly for this song, I had sort of some visions of what I wanted to portray. First of all, I wanted it to be a performance video. I wanted to show us playing and say, if I watch that video, I want to say, I want to go see them. You know, I wanted to just okay. make it yep. because I really love the live performance. I'm really about live performance. So I wanted that to come out, but I also wanted kind of colors and joy and you know, I wanted to, you know, the song's kind of about, uh, well, Hollywood rain, so there's rain, but there's also big skies and there's Midwest skies. And so we had to choose these different videos, little snippets, and make sure that they all flowed together and worked. It was quite a process. It really was. Pam McNeil is our guest. She performs regularly at Chanhassen. I've seen you there with your, uh, you performed in many different uh, um, ways, shapes, and forms with, with, with different people out there. But but the live performance is what compared to recorded performance for a performer? Um, well, the thing about live is, you know, you never do it the same way twice. Mm-hmm. And the audience is as much a part of the performance as as just uh you know uh the song i mean you've got a great audience and you give it you you know they give it back to you you give it back to them and it's it's really special and you're and if you weren't there you'll never quite understand it but it can just uh you know elevate everything uh you can all be on the same wavelength it's really a it's a wonderful thing it's I, it's hard to explain but it's 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 my favorite well, and, and how did you get into this business? Because you've been doing this now for a while, and, and, and you're a you know girl after my own heart, small town girl down there, Winona and Rivertown, that area. Uh, how, how did how did you gravitate to music and make a career out of it? You know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a singer since I was three years old. Um, I was singing in the in New uh, sorry on Christmas Eve in my little church, dressed up like an angel, and I just remember looking out at the um, congregation and all these people with. Their beaming faces, so yeah. happy, and I thought, I thought that's what I want. That's what I want to do. I want, I want this feeling, <laughs> and so that was always my goal. It's just what I always did. You, you know, Pam, I heard somebody explain this. I think pretty well one time, and, and, you know, because they talk about public speaking, performing for some people, it's 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 more feared than death. You hear these things from time to time. Um, somebody said, you know, if you, if it's a passion for you, if you get energy from it, you know, it's not, if it drains you of your energy because it gives you such anxiety, if it gives you energy and it certainly does for you, then you know, it's your passion, right? Oh my God. That is, that's, I've never heard that before, but that's perfect. Spot on. Yes, absolutely. Even though you might be kind of scared or it's more like an excited scared. It's more of a, yeah. you want to do good. It kind of amps you up and, and yeah, you know, and yeah. Like, and then you get out there, and the minute I walk on stage, all that goes away. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm home. I'm home now. You I'm know what home, I mean? and there's no place that I would rather be than right here, right now, right? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you've got uh, a husband that's a pretty good singer, too. He's bass, and uh, he, can do, he, he can do some tenor. 
Uh, but Bruce Helmer, uh, is there any chance I hear rumors and rumblings that you guys could do a duet out there? It's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, though, he does a great Gordon Lightfoot like imitation. I keep, I keep saying one of these days I'm going to get you up to do Gordon Lightfoot. Cause so, he, so you do the throwback of the Edmund Fitzgerald. He's coming up. Yeah. I don't know. You never know. I mean, you know, we got a few hours here. Absolutely. Maybe we can make something happen. <laughs> when do you perform with the Chan Aston again? Tonight. Tonight at what time? Um, 8 p.m. I mean, I'm 30, sure. Go ahead. There was about 30 tickets left, I think. So and, come on out. And, and what will be the performance tonight? Um, this is my this is my CD pre-release. Um, so we'll be playing the new album and a lot of my uh, older fan favorites and a couple of covers. So it's going to be very special. I've got you got classmates, and I've got family, oh, and I've got, I got people you, flying sure. in. Yeah, so it's yes. going to be fun. Yes, because you've performed with so many different bands. I didn't realize this was the release uh, performance tonight. Yeah, it's actually not the official release anymore because we have some exciting news that just happened that I'm not sharing yet. But but So we had to kind of push it back, but we're still going to let everybody buy the CD that okay. comes tonight. Okay, so, but yeah. the, po- the point is these are the songs that you'll hear on the CD. Exactly. And Chan Hassan at 8 o'clock, if if you want to get entertained, and that's a wonderful place to go, the Chan Hassan. So relaxing. You can Deezy's Pub, and you can go over there. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you one. I don't know if you ever partake in anything that's out there. But the oh, yeah. beef tip appetizers that they got at Brindisi's are it was the <laughs> sauce, know. good as it gets, and, and, and very reasonable. Oh, I know. Everything is so reasonable, and everybody's so nice, and there's free parking. It's just it's a great place to come. I, we love it here. Right. And Bruce is the one that turned me on to those, so just so you know, okay? <laughs> hey, Pam, well, he thank knows, you so much, <laughs> and uh, keep us updated on how it goes. But uh, if anybody's looking for something to do tonight and you want to have some fun, go on out to uh, call the Chan Hassan Dinner Theater and get tickets to it because it'll be special. It'll be fun. It always is when Pam's performing. Pam, thank you, and congratulations. Thank you, so much. Thank you Maxie. You bet. <laughs> Pam okay. McNeil, nice enough to join us. And uh, Bruce Helmer, her husband, does a, a, a show here on Sundays for the last, like, 35 years or something like that. He's a good guy. I was, we were over at their house on Memorial Day. They were just fun. And sitting with him is just – he's from Olivia. I'm from Gaylord. I mean, that's all we need to do. You sit down, you give us a couple of sloppy joes, and we're set for a couple of hours. When we come back, uh, it's a little bit of a theme in this show, but I think it's uh, – uh, given what we've been seeing in this world, it's, it's pertinent. Lee Richardson, licensed professional counselor and founder of the Brain Performance Center. How is it changing the stress of going back to the office after you've been sitting at home? Is it a different kind of stress? We'll ask when we come back. Welcome back. Mike Max sitting in for Paul and Jordana, taking you to 530 Twins in Toronto tonight. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Lee Richardson, a uh, frequent guest on uh, on this radio station. And she's a licensed professional counselor and founder of the Brain Performance Center, uh, works out of Dallas, and uh, has also um, authored a couple of books, Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. The how, what, why, and to peak performance. And obviously things are changing for all of us. We're all in a different space from a mental health standpoint, and we're learning the hard way in some cases. And uh, uh, Lee, thank you, first of all, for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's kind of ironic because you're down there in Dallas, and we got a, uh, a young man that grew up here in Minnesota, Marion Barber III, that uh, – uh, passed away the other day, and uh, he was a great Dallas Cowboy running back. And you may have heard the story. And uh, he had some issues between when, when he when he retired from from football. He had some some mental health type issues, and and we we see this so frequently. And and 
is the good news, Lee, I don't know if you're familiar with his story at all because you live down there, but um, we're talking a lot about mental health these days, and, and, and I think in many respects that's a victory. Oh, I think it's a huge win. And, and, and for, you know... Um, we don't know exactly what happened with Miriam, but you know he 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 is uh, no longer with us after the other day, and it's uh, it's just difficult for all of us to process some of that. But but let let me start with that. When, when, it, let's just say you work with someone, and let's just say you come back from COVID and you haven't seen them in the office for a while, and and and, and they're a different person, and you can't put your finger on it, but. They're off. You can just see there's something wrong, something that, that that's not functioning at the same level it did. What advice do you give to a coworker or a friend if, if you're starting to recognize things that you just go, I, I, there's something in their mental health that, that concerns me? Well, my advice would be this, and that would be to reach out to that person and just, you know, be very honest and transparent and say, you know, seems like you're having a hard time coming back to the office, and I am too. Things are very different now, and, you know, it's okay to not be okay with coming back and just kind of open that very gently, open that door. What do you think is going to be the number one stressor for people that return to the office that haven't been there for a couple of years? Well, I think it's getting back, you know, for it's going to be different for some. It's going to be the commute, that the commute that killed them, and now they know what it's like not to experience it. And for others, it's going to be the shift in the way it affects their family. They've been able to be home for dinner every night with the family, and and now they won't. And for others, you know, honestly, I can't tell you during COVID how many people I would see at 6 o'clock in the evening at the grocery store. I was leaving work, going home, in their sweats, Mm -hmm. you know. They never got dressed for the day. So, so many things have changed, and it's changed what's normal for us. And I think that's going to be really hard for people to accept that there is a new norm. Lee Richardson is our guest. There's a flip side to that, and that is as much work as it is, as hard as it is to get in the car and commute and all those things. There's also great stimulation when you're with people and, and you are exchanging ideas and, and, and you are bouncing things off the wall and you're running to people that you wouldn't normally talk to because you're getting coffee at the same time and you're, you're having an interesting conversation about whatever. So there is an upside, too, to being with people and, and getting out of the sweat, so to speak, and the distant learning and getting around people. It seems to me that's a tremendous health benefit too. Do people see that? I don't know that everybody does. I think once people get back in it and they feel it, then they can see it. But there is absolutely, I think during COVID, loneliness was one of the top issues that most people dealt with. And you do, you get energy from being around your coworkers. You know, you've forgotten how goofy they look when they, when they laugh. You've forgotten what it's like to, you know, crack a joke and all the things that we used to enjoy doing with each other, we've forgotten how to do. You also don't realize how much visual stimulation stimulation there is if you're in an office space and you're walking to your car and you're going to a restaurant for lunch. You, you don't realize how many different things your brain processes during the day. Um some of it, you know, curiosity takes over. Some of it you're just interested in. But you don't realize until you do an inventory of how many times you are stimulated if you're outside your home. 
Well, you're exactly right on that. And and that some of that stimulation has to do with it affects how you process information. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're in one place and nothing changes, we process differently. But I don't know about you, but when I'm walking through the mall and I've got, you know, I'm on a timeline and I've got to get to my car and get home, I'm paying attention to what's going on around me. And I think that the more I pay attention to, the more those little neurons and dendrites are wiring and firing, the more they're wiring and firing, the healthier and the more regulated that brain's going to be. Lee Richardson, our guest. Lee, do you think there's anybody that has uh, stayed home during COVID that becomes healthier because they're alone, that, 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 that they're better off not being around people, that they're actually healthier I- by not being around people? Well, it's so interesting that you asked that because people that were really, really anxious with going to work in the workforce, they have reported to me that they've lost that anxiety. And they feel like that that's made them better at their job, more productive and more effective. So, you know, I think that there are different answers to that question. Some people believe that that it's been a blessing. And some people believe that it's been punishment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that you know, it's going to be really interesting uh, because managers are going to have to figure that out on the fly too, right? Who, who works at a higher level here? And yet, can you allow somebody to stay home if they're doing the same job as employee B uh, just because you think they're more effective from home? I mean, there's some real interesting questions that have got to be asked and entertained here to get the most out of your workforce, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we've all been going through the great resignation People are leaving their job at record high numbers. So how important, how important is that employee? I mean, I have clients that tell me if they tell me I have to come back to the office, I'll quit. Yep. Yep. And, and the hybrid models are also coming into play. We're seeing that in downtown Minneapolis where it's, you know, yeah, they're coming back, but it's two days a week or three days a week. Do you think ultimately um, that will be the norm in any business that can afford to be hybrid will be hybrid? I do because, I mean, there's certain things like being a counselor. You know, you can do that on Zoom, but there's a lot of things that you have to be there to do the job. And I think the more technology comes into play, into the workforce, that will continue to change. But I I think people have just, we're shifting. There's a shift. And the shift is, is that, yes, we do care about people and we do care about their mental health as much as we do their physical health. And if, it, if they can be as productive working from home two to three days a week and have a better grip on their mental health, then why not? You know what, Lee, it kind of excites me because I think we're, we can come out of this a better society uh, once we figure out how to do it. So there, there's a part of me that excites me because I can see more um, work-life balance coming into play once we figure out how to do it. Thank you so much for giving us some time. Thank you for having me. You bet, Lee Richardson, licensed professional counselor and founder of the Brain Performance Center. When we come back, is it okay to gather with groups? How big are groups? How much space do you need to leave? Are you concerned about COVID at the upcoming graduation party you're going to? All that and more will be answered when we come back. Bob Twins baseball against Toronto. As they try to get it right, the four players that are on the unvaxxed list revealed this morning when I was on with Steve Simpson and we had Wes Johnson on the pitching coach. I don't know if he's supposed to but he told us the four guys. So it became public today. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later this uh, this hour. Ryan Louth is the chief strategy office 
Officer at 180s, uh, the, and one of the things that they work on is things like COVID and is it safe to go out and is it safe to be in what kind of a setting right now. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Hi. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm loving the chance to talk to you. So, you know, we, we got hospitalizations down for COVID. We've got something saying it's down. Then we got, you know, uh, lots of people have been um, contracting COVID and, and we're a little confused again as to where we stand and, and what kind of events and what kind of situations we can be in. Uh, you, you've done a study on this. Um, what scares you the most right now in terms of COVID? Oh, what scares us the most? Yeah, in terms, in terms of where you could contract it, I guess. Yeah, uh, where you could contract it uh, would be at any large event where people are close. There isn't a lot of ventilation. Uh, they're kind of forced to be with one another, and people aren't vaccinated, and they haven't taken negative tests. So I think all of those factoring in is kind of the, the worst-case scenario. Are there a lot of studies being done when there's a concert, let's say, in an arena or uh, something that has a roof over it? Are there a lot of studies being done right now to see if uh, what we, we've come to know as super spreaders uh, evolve out of that? Yeah, we, we've seen a number of studies recently. Uh, the University of Texas, Austin, recently did one, uh, and it found that the, the smaller indoor events actually are more likely to spread COVID than the large outdoor events. Um, but that's also more likely to spread internally, not necessarily across the board for the whole scale. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a number of factors like that. But, of course, unvaccinated and the, the lack of masking also can contribute to that. But every event's a little bit different. So, so like where, where I work at WCCO-TV, we have to wear a mask inside all the time now again. And this is like the third time we've gone to this in the last month or so. Uh, and I assume there's some research on it. Uh, so most companies don't have that right now. I know. I know masks are optional uh, at, at most companies. What do we know about that? You know, places, people that work uh, under one roof and, and wear a mask versus don't wear a mask. Uh, what we know statistically is that uh, wearing masks is more likely to prevent COVID <laughs> and the spread of it. Um, so that we, we do know. Um, but yeah, of course, especially in the, the Minnesota area and the, the Twin Cities area, we're seeing a lot less places come off here in our office space. We, we took our masks off. Um, we've gone through several different phases, though, and we have a COVID response team here um, who's constantly evaluating what's happening in the world. Both so that way, when we're hosting events and creating events on a larger scale or here in the office, we're staying up to date. So, so your mask optional right now? Yeah, entirely. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah, we, we um, got to wear them yeah. over there. Once you walk in the door, it's like you put the mask on. And, you know, we're so used to it now, but it, it, it's, it still gets tiring, you know, especially when my makeup runs on it. Very, very, very taxing on me. Uh, you know, we got a lot yeah. of virtual events that have taken the place of, and, 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 and we will argue and debate this, mm-hmm. I guess, for a long time. Um, uh, in, in, both in terms of whether or not it, it, it could be a company thing that you're doing, it could be an event that you go to that's virtual. Um, are people growing tired of them? Or are they growing accepting of them? And it's just a new way of life that they're okay with. Where do people fall on that? Yeah, definitely a new way of life. Um, but lots of people have different feelings, right? So uh, a number of people have been doing it for a while. <laughs> and if you've been doing uh, 100 Zoom meetings a week, eventually you're burned out. And, and that's pretty much where people are. But for the larger events that we're doing, for example, um, with our company, we've been constantly innovating and in the process of that we've come to the point we're doing these fully fully immersive events which are literally 3d built in unreal engine the way that we create the the highest level of video games and uh, there's a presenter that's kind of in the middle of that space and we can create a a whole world of places that people those person can stand 
And then the audience gets to watch, and we have these virtual camera moves, and we treat the whole thing like a television show, uh, and it's moving and constantly changing. And when we do it that way, people are actually much more likely to want to come back to the virtual events. And we're seeing almost a pushback. Um, so a lot of surveys that are happening after our events, one recently said that about 25% of attendees were like, can, do we have to go back in person again? Um, and that's because like, if you do it right and you treat it like television, it's great. I mean, think about that. Like, we sit and watch TV for hours a day and we love it. Um, it when, once you turn your events into that, it, you get the same effect. Okay, is that an event or is that a Zoom meeting or do you use it for both as a way of trying to create retention we, and attention? Yeah, we often do it for meetings for like, say, a large corporate meeting. So it might be several hundred people or a thousand people that are all coming together to meet. So instead of sitting in chairs in a ballroom in a, some hotel, looking at a stage, now they're all at home remotely. Or we might do it hybrid or um, sometimes we actually have presenters come into a ballroom and present from there. So there's a lot of ways we can broadcast that out, but it, it effectively feels like you're watching a television show. So, so that's the intent. You make one person the star, for example, and, and then you build uh, some kind of the television effects, maybe a couple of cameras. They turn a couple of times. You get different angles, different platforms. Uh, you're producing a show, the background. Maybe, you, maybe you've got some trumped up graphics, something like that. So they don't realize they're watching a meeting or an event kind of. Yeah, and then we also build in experiences along the way. So, like, in one, it might be they're doing their meeting, and they have a bunch of what would typically be boring slides and presenting it, and then they switch over to a cooking show where some of the leaders in the organization are actually cooking and having a competition, and then they go back to another thing. So we'll do segments that break up. Uh, kind of our rule of thumb is you want to take about 20 minutes on of, like, content one way and get their brain to think for another 20 minutes the next way. And as long as you're shifting the way the brain works, uh, people actually stay engaged for large chunks of time. The problem is like Zoom and Teams and WebEx aren't built that way. So those places get really boring and really um, taxing really fast. You, you mean in terms of the technology of them, they can't perform what you're talking about? No, they, they really can't. It's really difficult. So um, there's just a whole level of production that's involved. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you know, right, from a radio perspective, it's the same thing. There's a lot of cool things you can do because all the technology you got um, it's, I can't just do that over the phone talking to my friend. No, tell, that's what we do on the television news every night. People don't realize it, but we understand yep. how long you can concentrate on something and you don't realize in a half hour you can get in 40 stories, you know, but you, but so, so you go short story, long story, two short stories, little longer story. And you're doing this all the time. People don't realize you're doing it to them, but we realize that their yep. brain can, and, and you don't want a particularly sad story followed by another sad story, mm -hmm. you know, you, you mix it and, and you're trying to keep their attention. And, yep. and, and they, if you do it well, they call it good ratings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. It's exactly the same thing. And, and we've been doing that and we've been finding that people want to keep doing it. So we've actually started taking what we're learning from virtual events and even starting to pull it back to our in-person events as they're coming back as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's definitely an, an, a world of change. And you've got to be constantly innovating and on top of it. And, of course, it's through a world where you've got to keep everybody safe at the same time. So, you never really know what's around the corner, so you just got to be prepared for everything you can possibly think of. And what do you think, uh, you know, when we finally get out of this, or at least, you know, it's getting closer, I guess, I think we're accepting that, that COVID's going to be around with us for a while. Uh, but um, mm -hmm. how are we different? How are we better? What are our efficiencies uh, once we get there? And now you've got this whole new uh, set of tools in your tool chest. Yeah, so uh, what we're starting to find is that we can actually do – uh, so before it would be we have one person on stage or two people on stage in an in-person event, and they're going to be broadcasting out at best. Um, but most of the time, it's just for the people in the room. Now we can actually bring people in virtually into the space. So all the in-person attendees are seeing that television show play out on screens on the sides. 
Um, that's all technology that we're so much better at now. The same way coming in from remote callers. Um, before, as remote callers might come in over the phone and you kind of broadcast in the space. Now uh, we're bringing those in. Um, so it doesn't matter where people sit. They're all having a unique and creative experience. So uh, we, we love what we're doing. Um, it's, it's really cool what the 180 Group's up to. Um, so I just... It, I, I hope that COVID uh, doesn't come back in a significant way because we really want to be able to take advantage of what we learned from virtual and bring it back in person. Ryan, appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks. You too. You bet. When we come back, who are the, the twins that won't play tonight? Who are what, the, tw- the twins that didn't get vaxxed and they couldn't go to Canada? We'll, we'll, we'll unleash that and we'll talk about it when we come back. Stay with us. Ah, the old Don Shelby intro. Back in the day, my man, Don Shelby, one of the all-time greats. And he played that as intro music when he hosted here for about eight years, did this at this time frame. Um, great man, one of my great mentors. I could go on and on about him all day. Um, someday I will. I, uh, we were just talking about the four players. Uh, Wes Johnson actually announced it this morning on the morning news as to who's not, uh, who's not vaxxed, uh, can't make the trip to Toronto, Caleb Theobar. Max Kepler, Emilio Pagano, Trevor McGill, uh, all staying back. They bring up uh, players to take their place, but they will play in um, in Toronto the three games. Uh, uh, Chris Tubbs, this is uh, obviously a way of life. Uh, Canada has really become kind of the, I don't want to say the fly in the ointment, but, it, but it's just different because uh, <laughs> that's where you have to. But, you know, I think, I think that we are so um, – used to the stress of COVID that nothing phases Rocco Baldelli or anybody anymore. Not that they want it this way, but mm-hmm. everybody just says, okay, tell me what the COVID rules are for this day in this series and let's go play. You agree? Well, we know that if you are unvaccinated, you cannot enter Canada. Yep. Like, we, we know that. So I, I think that we knew what the twins were going to be dealing with. Like those players that were that chose not to get vaccinated, we knew they were not going to be available for this Blue Jays series. We knew it. We, we knew it ahead of time. I mean, Rocco knew it. The front office knew it. We didn't know it till this morning. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not like they didn't know it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, they knew all about it. Um, I, I just, I, I think that when you're dealing with Canada, you know what, you know, you know what it is and you, you play your games there and then you come back to target field and you see if you get those players back in the lineup. Do you think it would have been fair to say, hey, uh, come on over, but we're going to test you, and, and you have to test no, I, I, negative to, to, to be able to participate in today's game? I, I, I think that I, to me it's like if the Canadian government has this rule in place, then it's not just for sports. It's for any, you know, it, it's for any travel. It's for fishing. It's for fish. It's for anybody that wants yeah, you to. Can, remember how they shut down fishing for yeah. you couldn't go across the border? You know, I wonder, though, and, and I don't have the answer to this as mm-hmm. I speak out loud. Um, I wonder how Canada has done with the COVID versus us. And I don't know exactly what you use for measurement of that. Is, is it population, uh, you know, per per thousand of people that are uh, because certainly they've, they've been a little bit more aggressive in, pre, in the preventive measures. I just wonder mm-hmm. how they've scored on this. Any yeah. idea? Yeah, that, that I that I don't know. Um, I would say it's probably not quite as contentious. 
as it is here in the States, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't I know. I don't know the mindset of the Canadian, I guess, now that you say that. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, is I don't is know. the Canadian profile someone, you know, obviously we think of them as outdoorsy because there's land up there and people go up there generally from here to do something outdoorsy, but there's also Vancouver, which is very cosmopolitan and mm-hmm. high-rise driven. Yeah. Toronto is a mecca, Toronto, Montreal yes. as yeah. the French Canadian. I, I don't know. what What is the profile of a, of a Canadian folk and what are the masses there? Are they are they more liberal? Or are they more conservative? I guess I've never really looked into that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, just I can only go off of what I see, and I don't know if like what I see is giving us a proper sample size. If that if that makes sense. So, uh, I mean, there's you know you have some that are going to agree with it. You have some that aren't going to agree with it. I mean, that's this is going to be one of those fights that's going to be going on till the end of time. But as it comes, you know, as it relates to sports. Um, I, I'm a little surprised looking back on it when we're talking about the Twins. The Caleb Thielbar over the last five days, all these games that the Twins played, he threw 11 pitches in five days. And if you knew that he wasn't going to be available, why do you not throw him a little bit more against the Tigers? Except that maybe the situation just didn't warrant it. Yeah, we were trying to win the I, game I mean, and he wasn't the right matchup, you know? Yeah, but, it, you, but know, you know what uh, Wes Johnson told us? Hey, Joe Ryan came down with COVID. He's on the COVID list mm-hmm. and he's back home. And this is kind of interesting. Uh, so Joe, Joe has... He, the way it works, I guess, is he can go to Target Field, okay. but he can't have a throwing partner right now. That's like five days in or seven days mm-hmm. in, whatever it is, okay? so he. Can, but he's allowed to go to Target Field by himself, and he throws into a net. That's what he can do right now. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. This gets me back into the days of, you know what? I got to get my arm ready for the season. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take a tennis ball here and throw it against the wall, that's, uh, yes. you know, and practice my fielding when it bounces back to me. It almost sounds like that's where they're at. So he's allowed to go to target field and throw a ball. You know, he can pick, probably take a hundred balls with him. Yeah. And it's almost like he's playing catch and then pick them up at the end. And I don't know if those balls get thrown out or what, but, but it sounded like the old, Hey, I got to get ready for the season and i got nobody to play catch with give me a tennis ball i'll go throw against the wall at the bus garage you know uh, i mean hey here well he can definitely work on his cardio if he's going to be tracking down all those baseballs but oh max i, I did the same thing you know take well, a, that, you that, know. that was my point it sounds like exactly how a lot yeah, of people just, prepare as little leaguers they're not in the big leagues but you never thought it would be like that you go into this empty stadium and, and you start chucking you know i'm surprised he can't have a throwing partner because i mean sometimes when they do that long toss i mean you're going you know, yards and yards and yards away from but, it. But it doesn't matter because if you just throw into the same net and you take a bucket of 50 balls yeah. and you just throw them all into the net, then you go pick them up when you're done, you know? Yeah, man, that's that's like taking In the back. big leagues, you do have access to more and better baseballs than we had back in the day. <laughs> that's what? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you and I didn't buy our baseballs from the same place then. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but you know, uh, and, and you don't hear as much about it in other sports. For example, you would think in the NBA, given the proximity and the fact that they're playing in uh, close quarters during the playoffs, there have been a couple cases of people that have had to sit, not many. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just a weird... Well, well but the reason might be, I, I, I believe in the NBA, if you've been vaccinated twice and got the booster, you don't have to test unless you have symptoms and you want to. Okay. Are you hearing me now? Yeah. Yeah. I. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. On that you one, have to want to. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, you can declare yourself healthy enough to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can de- because yeah. you got you. You've passed the, the, their test is twice vaccinated and the booster. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, different folks, right. you know, different strokes, different folks. Well, I, let's talk about the reality of life. So when we come back, let's talk all-star wrestling. 
How has COVID impacted that? Because these guys are slamming around each other. Even some of these women do in the ring. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.